Welcome to our podcast, Murder, Mystery, and Mayhem, Laced with Morality, where all authors and experts are invited to share, learn, and together make this a better world where light pierces through the darkness with the spoken and written word. I'm excited for our guest today. I had the honor of meeting him at the Killer Nashville Writers Conference. In fact, we met James not this year, but last year, right? That's when everybody, the world was waking back up from COVID, I believe. Yes, yes. Yeah. 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 So my guest today is James L. Hill. And um, he is unique. Um, He is a native New Yorker from the South Bronx, Fort Apache. Okay. And he calls that the turbulent 60s. Now you said it yourself in your bio. This that's a bad neighborhood. <laughs> uh, but you survived, uh, and, and and now with all of the upgrades to a lot of the boroughs in, in New York, who knows? I think that part of the Bronx might actually be pretty nice right now. I don't know if you've been back. I have been back, and I can tell you a little bit more about that in the interview. But yeah, it, it's really they they rebuilt it a, a bit. Because it was burned mm-hmm. out for you know so many years, they burned right. most of the South Bronx out or a lot of it out. And yeah. my priest uh, from the from the parish there, he ran a neighborhood revitalization uh, corporation, and um, they rebuilt it. Now there's some shady characters in that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you do you ever watch uh, what is it called Godfather of Harlem? No. No? Okay. Well, in The Godfather of Harlem, they talk about um, Father Giganti, who was my oh. neighborhood priest. His oh. brother was a mob, was a mobster. <laughs> and, okay. And we all kind of knew that uh, growing up and everything. And so part of that neighborhood revitalization yeah. might have had a little shady money coming in and out. But he did a good oh, thing. Oh, I see what you Okay. But he did a good oh, thing for the, for the neighborhood. They did rebuild yeah. it. You know, so. Uh, okay. I won't disparage well, him any further than that. No, <laughs> well, well, that's a good bit of history for us to know. Yeah, so, so listeners, James, is he is full of information and, and great um, details like this. But he... He earned a degree in computer programming, which is his other love, and he is a multi-genre author. Um, His experiences seasons his novels and the worlds that he does imagine. And he actually started Rock Hill Publishing to not only publish his own work, but to give others access to the literary world. And before before we got on, like when we were in the green room, James and I were we were talking about like, yeah, how hard it is, you know, to get through some of those um, gatekeepers, you know, and, and so um, thankfully he, he has something like his corporation where he can give others a shot. Um, but gosh, he's a talented guy and he's got um, tons of books that he's also written. Um, gosh, one of them was was up for an award that we went to when we went to Killer Nashville this this year. It was Killer with Ice Eyes. Was that the the novel? Yes, that was one of mm-hmm. the two. I had two books up for the award. Wow. Okay. That was for the Claymore. Yeah. Okay. And which was the other one? Killer with Black Blood. With Black Blood. Okay. Well. 
he has a four-part adult urban crime series um, and the killer series is, is complete it's killer with a heart killer with three heads killer with black blood and um, they have all received five-star reviews um, killer with ice eyes uh, the final chapter of the boys of the Bronx is is right now um, available for purchase and he's currently working on what you would call a three-part series it's a like a, a historical fantasy that's that's super different from what um you've t- typically done and it's it's a what did you call it a gemstone series um the emerald lady is in publication you said to rave reviews yeah. and then there's the ruby ca- uh, cradle yeah. that's the third one and then there's diamond warrior yeah that's um, the third one and diamond that's warrior. coming soon that's coming soon Okay, so that would be the, okay, that one's coming soon, the Diamond Warrior. Yeah, so the Ruby Cradle, I'm still working on that one. Uh, Oh, okay. I'm hoping to to put that out at the beginning of next year because uh, I got both of them written and they're both being, I'm both in the editing, rewriting process, you know, uh, of of those two novels. So... Uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and pull the trigger on on uh, the Ruby Cradle. Yeah. And and work out my issues in the Diamond Warrior once I put it out, once I put out <laughs> the Ruby Cradle. <laughs> okay. Wow. You're, you're a writer. You know those issues. <laughs> oh, I understand. I get it completely. Don't even get me started. Um, but there's the there's also the psychological dystopian um, sci- sci-fi thriller. Pegasus, A Journey to New Eden um, that you've also done. So very well-rounded and very well-versed. Um, a popular guy at Killer Nashville. And you and I, we uh, we also were together at the um, bookstore this yeah. year. So that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot yes. of fun. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so welcome. Welcome Thank you. to our Thank you. podcast. Yeah, this is, this is good stuff. So what can you share? role in the publishing industry because you you're very unique um because not only do you write books but you write across genres which is hard and then you work full-time a whole different day job and then you also own and run a publishing company can you tell us about that yeah the rock hill publishing company rock hill publishing llc uh, I started that all oh, about probably about ten years ago now, okay. and um, I started it to give other authors uh, a chance to get into the publishing world. Uh, and okay. I primarily work with new authors, so it's sort of like a bit of mentoring, a bit of discovery for me. You know, I I discover new authors. I like that idea. I mentor mm-hmm. them in in helping them get a really good understanding of what the publishing life and the publishing industry really is. Because when yeah. you first come into it, like I came into it so many years ago and it can be a, it could be a culture shock to people. Yeah. Right. When they start yeah. this, their, their writing life. And so many people get discouraged. So yes. I run an independent small publishing company and I try to put out two to four, uh, books a year mm-hmm. uh, what two years ago during a pandemic I put out five books which was wow. a lot 
Yeah, that, uh-huh. that was that was a lot. But I had my editor here with me. She lives in uh, South Africa, and she okay. came here. She comes back and forth every now and then, and she okay. came here and got stuck here <laughs> with the pandemic. You know, everybody yeah. closed their borders, so she couldn't go home. And so, oh. yeah, we made the most of it and decided, well, while we're here working, you know, side by side every day, because the time difference is crazy between here and South Africa. Right. Uh, we was able to put out like five books we had on our waiting list. So that was a lot. That that oh was gosh. quite the, the, the trial. But well, now I'm back to just doing like two to four a year. Okay. But that's a great, I mean, there are some good things that came out of the pandemic. I mean, that, that the pandemic was pretty awful and it continues to be, it's not like it's completely over. Oh no, continues it's not over to be yet. Awful. Yeah. But that is a, that is a real blessing that you were able to get so much accomplished for a small publishing house. Yeah. Mm. So, so what, what kinds of things do you look for in potential authors? Well, I look for, first off, a good story. You got to be able to tell a good story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I look for people who are willing to listen to um, the editor. You know, right. listen listen to ideas. You know, you can't be so set in your in your story that when someone tells you something, you're like, no, I can't do that. No, we can't change that. You know, right. uh, I work with some people who who had it like that, and it's like really hard. When you when they're trying to put out a book that's like two hundred thousand words, try to tell them, there's no way you're going to sell that thing. <laughs> you know? No one knows your name. Who's going to buy a two hundred thousand word book from you? You know how much that's going to cost. No right. one's going to buy it. I don't care yeah. what the story is. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's just not sellable in that in that format. So you have to cut it down, split it into two books, whatever you have to do. You know, we have to. The idea is, you want to make money. You. This is a business. You have right. to do things that make sense monetarily, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, and, and it got to make sense in the business world. You know, mm-hmm. you don't you don't build a car with square with square wheels. You know, right? Yeah, it, it will drive, but who wants to ride in it? <laughs> you know, that yeah. type of thing. So yeah, yeah. So I I, I look for people who make who have good ideas who write decently because mm-hmm. another thing is I don't like to reject people but not everybody is ready for publication right so okay you know if you, if your book is not ready to be published and it needs some editing or you know needs some work that's fine if your mm-hmm. book is not ready for publishing because it needs you know a major overhaul or everything like that I give you what's wrong with it I tell you what where your good points are. I tell you where you where where you're falling out, where your bad parts are, and I tell you go yeah. back and and work on it, and then come okay. back. You know, if it's really a good story, I tell people to come back. Uh, okay. But if your book is just needs some work, I mean, everybody needs an editor. Uh, God right. knows I need an editor. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so everybody needs an editor. You know, a content editor, a copy editor. You know, mm-hmm. all those kind of things. Because mm-hmm. when you when you're writing a book, you're focused on that story and you know what that story is, and you don't always put that on paper. So right. sometimes you have to go back and have someone look at it and say, "Well, you left a hole here. I don't understand where this went. 
I don't understand what happened to this character. He all of a sudden disappears from the from the story. He was very important in the story, and then nothing. You know, thing. Like <laughs> so, and and I get that too, where I'm writing something, and if my editor come back to me and I had to explain to her what I meant or whatever, mm -hmm. then I know I didn't do a good job in writing it. Yeah, because yeah. I'm not no, gonna be there, right? Because I'm not gonna be there mm -hmm. when a reader reads it to explain to him what I meant. Exactly. And that's yeah. what I tell my writers: don't okay. explain it to me. Put it in the book. Because if you have to explain it to me, you're not going to be there for the reader when he needs you to explain it to him. He, yeah. I can't see it on the paper. I don't know what you mean. So do your writers have to have an agent or, or does it matter? Nope, doesn't matter. In okay. fact, I'd rather they don't. Yeah. You know, sometimes okay. agents get in the middle of things and, and they're more on the business end and things like that. Not that I wouldn't work with an agent, yeah. uh, but it's not necessary. Not the but your, yeah, yeah. Your publishing house is is in a niche, and your niche is your you are more catering to new authors who are usually unagented, and so that's unique and that's right. important for our listeners to know. Um, and I, there's something I re, I like that you do very well. Uh, first of all, your your website is stellar. Um, oh, you also you. have a pod yeah. You also have a podcast, um, and you have a press kit. So I. I did not have to go hunting down for stuff. I didn't have to beg you for a bio and a headshot and all of that. You were able to just send it all, all to me in this press kit. And I, your authors um, also have press kits. Most of them do. Um, you have a, you have an area in your uh, website called the press room, and they, right? You can just pull that right up and have all their information. Can you just speak to what a press kit is and why it's important? Okay, a press kit is all your major information on one sheet. It, mm -hmm. so it gives you, first off, the book that you wrote, a little yeah. short um, blurb about your book, gives a blurb about you, who you are, why you wrote your book in most cases, you know, mm -hmm. what made you an author, something to that effect. Uh, it gives you a picture, a headshot, you know, people like to know yeah. who they're talking to, like to be able to see you. We got to be able to put something on the screen. Uh, yeah. Book covers got to be on there. Uh, mm -hmm. And then any other things like the podcast and any kind of um, interviews you might have. To be able mm -hmm. to, for people to be able to find you, because now we're in such a digital world, people will easily go out there and Google your name and, and see what they find out about you. So make it yeah. easy for them. Give them a link to those things. If you did a nice podcast, put it out there. You did a bad yeah. podcast, put it out there. <laughs> Some people like a few things you said. You might think you came off kind of, uh, you know, bad. I had a cold that day. I didn't sound good, whatever. Yeah. You know, but there might be something that you said was, that was very interesting to somebody. So yeah. you know, I try to put out my better better podcast. I'm sure this one would be on my press kit too. But, uh, <laughs> but that's what you want in the press kit. You want to make it easy for people to find you, find out about you, find out what you did. And this is not something that I knew when I started this business and I started right. This is something I got when I got with a PR person, when I got my right. PR uh, uh, company behind me and yeah. a couple other things that I learned 
and they were like, well, you need a press kit. You need this, you need that. You need a one sheet that when people ask you for information, bam, there you go. Your one sheet right there, all your information up front. Make mm-hmm. it easy. Yeah. And that, so, and then what was, what was nice about you is that you also had a publicist. So tell, tell us why, what, a pub, what is a publicist and what do they do? Okay, I now have two publicists. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah. one thing I found out a couple of years ago, after writing books, after publishing some people, was there's a whole side of this business called marketing. Uh-huh. And I have done all kinds of jobs in my life, and I've done mar- marketing, and I've worked in stores, i worked on the street, you know, mm-hmm. doing... I did all kinds of different things in my life. So one thing I know, I'm not really good at marketing. And so yeah. for the for the author world, for the writer's world, what they do, what you need is a publicist. And what they do, mm-hmm. they get you interviews, they they put out uh, press releases. And one thing that I hear a lot from authors, it's so hard to write the book blurbs. It's so hard to write uh, the um, synopsis and, you know, to write a press release. Now, I took some journalism classes. To, yeah. So I did radio before. When I tell okay. you I did a lot of different things, I have done a lot of different things. Yeah. <laughs> so I did some radio, you know. And so I learned some of this stuff that I had to do. I learned, I took marketing classes. So mm-hmm. I learned some of these things, but I know I'm not really the best person at it. And right. so I take that hat off and I pass it off to um, Amy It is one person and Mickey's another person. They're two different companies. They work together. So okay. I so I had I was working with Amy in Abundantly Social. She does mostly digital work and, and digital promotions and things like that. And then I teamed up with Mickey, uh, Creative Edge, uh, and he and he does more traditional print uh, marketing and things like that. And okay. one thing I found out was because I'm busy as a publisher, I really don't have time to do the marketing stuff and mm-hmm. as much as I as much as I need to. Right. Know, like it or not, there's a need there. And for me to really service my authors as well as myself, I need a publisher I need a publicist to be able mm-hmm. to say, hey, I got you this interview, I got you that interview. I got, you know, we're going to put this in this, in this paper. You know, if, if not, I would never sleep. I barely sleep now. So <laughs> I wouldn't be able to sleep at all. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So do you feel, because I know a lot of authors would be like, oh, gosh, it's just another expense. When do you think it's time to get a publicist? Is it early on in the career or later after you have developed and, and sold his books when when is a good time to get a publicist i would say this about all aspects of writing the earlier you get started the better off you will be okay so if you wow. so if you can get a if you can get one and they say that you really should start your marketing like six months or or to a year before your book comes out mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so you want to be able to send off you know press releases you want to be able to setting off um, reader copies, you know, things like that to get reviews, mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. So, but if yeah. you have a publicist ahead of the book coming out, they will get that stuff done for you. 
yeah. being a small independent publisher for years, I didn't have that going on. So right. when you hear about the book of the day, it's being released. And that puts mm-hmm. you a little behind the eight ball. Yeah, it does. Wow. So now I'm okay, trying to work the other way around, trying to get things yeah. out ahead of the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I, I like that you do on your website also for each of the authors, you have excerpts from the books, which I think is a, is a really good thing because it's like a one-stop shop. Like I don't have to go run over to, to barnesandnoble.com or to Amazon to try to look at an excerpt right on your website. You include the cover and an excerpt from the book. I think that's really a is yeah. it, did your publicist tell you to do that? Oh no, that was that was my idea. Okay. Um, wow. When when you look up, when you go to Amazon and stuff, what do you do? You see the book, you read the excerpt, right? Then mm-hmm. you the yeah. uh, the look inside, right? Yeah, right. So you, so you can read a little bit of the book. When you go to a mm-hmm. bookstore, what do you do? You pick up the book, you see a cover. Oh, that looks interesting. You read the blurb on the back. You turn it over, if it sounds interesting on the back, you open it up, you read something out the book to see how it reads, right? Exactly. So yeah. that's what that's just part of uh of uh, writing a book. That's just that should be something you're always thinking of. When I write mm-hmm. my books, I always think what parts of the book could I read to the public? What parts of the book could I take out as an excerpt and, and put mm-hmm. out there? So that mm-hmm. and, and that sometimes is very hard to do because you love all of it and you think, well, what's the really good part, you know? And so there might be several different parts that I have marked off of my book that, okay, I can read this in public because <laughs> some, <of, laughs> some of my material you can't read in public. You got to right. read it yourself, uh, especially in the killer stuff, in the, in the killer yeah. series, you know, that's about crime and the mafia and gang. So there's some parts of that book that, you know, you, you can read it to yourself. <laughs> Don't read it out loud. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's really good writing. It's just, you know, language-wise and stuff like that. Yeah. You might want you might not want to put that out in public. Let the, and that's the part that I say, oh, you have to pay for those parts. I'll put yeah. this part out, which is interesting and, and very good parts of the book. But you really want to pay for the book to get the real good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But you do put a warning on there, warning adult content, so that people know, hey, okay, this could. Yeah, this might be I do. Yeah, it, yeah, it's not what I want to do, but what I feel I should do. Yeah, yeah, I th- yeah. I think that's good. That's a good standard. Well, can you discuss your journey as a writer, a networker, and industry professional? So, in a nutshell, describe how you manage your obligations in the publishing industry. Oh, in a nutshell, that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Well, as a writer, I usually plan out all my books. So I plot my books out well before I start reading them. I mean, oh, read them, before I start writing them. Yeah. <laughs> so right. I usually have at least a plot going. And I usually think about my book from, from the end to the beginning. So I know how the story is going to end. And mm-hmm. I know where the story is starting from. So okay. I sometimes come up with a title before I even write the book. It's like, oh, that's a good title. I should write. I should write a story about that. That makes a real good idea. So, oh wow, as, yeah. So as a writer, I usually have the end in mind. I know where I'm going to end up, and I know where I'm starting. And then I have to plot out the different, the different things that's going to happen. And then that 
you know, changes as you go along. But I usually plot everything. Now, when I'm doing the publishing, it's almost completely different because in the publishing, I'm reading the books, we're discussing them with my editor, we're thinking, can we make, how much work is this going to take to make this a viable product, you know? Okay. So, we, so we're looking at it as from beginning to end. So mm -hmm. we read the book, we read the synopsis because we tell people send us a synopsis, character um, outline, and four chapters, two from the beginning, one in the middle, and one at the end. Because we got to know how the story ends. We got to know how it begins, how it ends. And by leaving it open to one in the middle, you should be sending me your best chapter. The thing that right. you think is really hard-hitting, best part of that book. You know, where that book, okay. what centers that book. And then from that, I can tell whether or not I want to go ahead and pursue it. And, okay. And so... I, I get an idea of what the story is about from the synopsis. I get an idea of your character. If you send me a story with 300 characters in it, I know right away this thing is going to be way too long or you have a lot of characters who appear on one page and in one sentence. <laughs> and, and that's not a good way of writing the story. You know, no. you got mm -hmm. way too many people in your story that really doesn't matter. And, mm. and so your story is going to ramble. So and then when I read your actual writing, I can tell, does it need a lot of, does it need a lot of revisions? Is, is these chapters tight enough written that I'm not going to need so much revision work in it? And, mm. and it's okay if I have to revise it. It's just how much revision is it going to look, are we looking at? And then I'll tell you, okay, if I, if it passes, you know, the first well, the first line then I'll say send me the entire manuscript so then I can read through the whole thing and see if everything is still you know tightly written because remember you should have sent me your very best uh, very best chapter right. now is all your chapters really good or does it go up dive way down that oh this is good and then dive way down <laughs> So you know, oh, yeah. consistent because some people, they can write a real good beginning and they can write a real good end, but in the middle of their story, they're just rambling and they don't mm. really have a story to tell, you know? Okay. And, mm. and that shows. It shows. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Well, what advice can you share with our author community regarding marketing and building a platform? Know what you want your... Know what you want to do as a writer because okay. as a writer you should have an idea you're putting yourself out there in the public mm -hmm. and you should want to know where do i stand where do i want people to think of my writing what do i want people to think about me because they are going to judge you yes and so when you go out there you got to have that idea about yourself and you got to have that suit of armor because you're going to be deflecting a lot of arrows. There are going to be a right. lot of people who come back at you with, why did you say that? Why did you do this? Oh, you, you're wrong about that point. And, you know, so you're going to have to, once you put yourself out there in the world, the world hits back. So yes. make sure you know what you want to say, what you want to do, who you are and who you want to mm -hmm. be. That's my mm -hmm. best 
advice to anybody who wants to be a writer. Know, okay. know yourself first and know what you and know what you want to accomplish. Yeah, yeah. Know yourself. So, so coming up, coming up in 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 the uh, South Bronx. Um, I mean, I know that area. I make fun, but I, I had friends that lived um, not too far away from you did from where you did, and and I lived in a part of Brooklyn that was not the greatest. Um, now it's a great neighborhood, <laughs> but. But you know, I often wonder: does does that does that exposure to some of the things that you saw does does that pour into your book somehow in some way? Yes, it poured mm-hmm. it poured a lot into the Killer series. Like right. I said, it's okay. about you know the mafia and gangs and everything. Because yeah. I grew up in a in a gangland, and then yeah. when I moved out of there, I moved into a mob territory. So a lot of my friends yeah. were, were in the mob. And you yeah. know, I knew people in the mafia, so yeah. you hear stories, you know things, you kind of like. Funny thing is, uh, one of my guy I worked with, very good friend, uh, he was a mobster. All right, he was a full fledged, he was a banker for the mob. Okay. And so, oh, wow. yeah, and so we have our cannoli story, you know, from The Godfather. Mm-hmm. The very first scene in The Godfather is they're going to kill this guy. And they usually, with the mafia, they usually have somebody you know kill you because it yeah. makes it easier. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's harder for somebody who don't know you to get the drop on you. But, you know, when it's somebody that you know, your guard is down. So they sent right. the guy out. They drive out there to Long Island or they're on their way back. And they went to go pick up cannolis. So the guy gets out the car. He said, oh, I got to go take a leak. They stop on the side of the road in some desolate place. And it's his friend in the back seat who shoots the dude in the head, the driver. Wow. So the guy comes back to the car, and what did he tell him? Hey, leave the gun, take the cannolis. So (laughs) so we we laugh about that, and we say, oh, if you want to be a mobster, you got to have a good cannoli story. Oh, my God. One night, Pat and me were driving back from the bank. We worked for a bank and everything. We worked night processing, check processing. And so I'm riding with Pat, and he tells me, hey, you want to stop and get some cannolis? And I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh. It's like 4 o'clock in the morning, Pat. There's nothing open at this time. And he said, oh, in New York? I, in New York, I bet you there is. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, don't worry about it. Things are always open for the Godfather. <laughs> oh. Like, okay, fine, let's go. So we drive up into Little Italy. And we drive yeah. down like a little back alley to, to some bakery. And this guy comes out, little old man comes shuffling out the back door. And now I'm sitting in Paul Castellano's car. He got fat inherited Paul Castellano's car after Paul Castellano got shot and killed in it. And uh, so what's so I'm sitting there in the passenger seat with my shades on. It's four o'clock in the morning. I'm sitting there with you know, dark glasses on and everything. And Pat tells the guy, hey, bring me out my package and bring him a bag of cannolis. And the oh guy, my goodness. Yeah, the guy wow. in the car, he looks at me. Now I'm looking straight ahead. I'm putting on this hard gangster face. And I know Pat, I knew Pat for years. So I'm like, okay. So I'm sitting there, you know, playing the part. And, and uh, the guy goes, who's he? 
Matt grabs a guy by the neck and slams his head into the car and says, another mind who's he? You go get my package and bring him a bag of cannolis. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so the guy runs off, goes in the back, comes back out like a minute later. He got two white bags, you know, baker bags. And he runs, he comes to the door and Pat just rolls up his window. So he runs around to the side. I rolled out my window. I don't stick my hand out, I just rolled out the window. The guy reaches in and he puts the two bags on my lap. And I just roll back up the window. And one bag is very warm. (laughs) And the other bag is rather square. (laughs) I don't even, I don't even think we want to know. No. (laughs) (laughs) But the cannolis were very good, very fresh. (laughs) Wow. There's your cannoli story. There's my cannoli story, yes. Yeah, so coming up like that does, boy, it does um, help enrich your um, stories because they're written from, from, you know, things like this, things that happen where you're like, that could never happen. Yeah, it could happen. It could happen. Yeah, yeah it could happen in New York. Yeah. And what people, I kid about the, the inner city and all of that, but what people don't realize is that there's just as much crime happening in the very beautiful suburban neighborhoods in New York. Oh, yeah. Uh, it wasn't just the inner city. In, in fact, it could have been more. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, where I moved to yeah. was a nice, nice section of the Bronx. Street line, streets, you know, all private houses mostly. You know, you had to go a couple of blocks to get to start hitting the buildings and stuff, and a few more blocks over, you know. But still, very, very nice housing, very nice buildings, all that kind of stuff. So, no, nothing like the South Bronx. Right, yeah. But it was run by yeah. the mob. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It was a mob that well, neighborhood. Yeah. And it must have left well, something on me because I went to California with me and my brother. And, and, you know, we're in California. We're going somewhere. I don't know. We would buy LA. And this guy walks up to me and he tells us, blah, 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 blah. Hey, you guys look like you're in the mob. Where are you from? <laughs> and I'm like, what? Huh. <laughs> he said, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. You look like you got connections. Where are you from? And I'm like, well, we're from New York. I knew it. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, I don't know what we look like, but okay, I guess. I guess after yeah. a while, you get that air about you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, are there any words of encouragement you can offer to those struggling with you know, very common author challenges like rejection, isolation, and marketing? Yes. Uh, first of all, try not to isolate yourself. Get out there, join writers groups, join critique groups, uh, find good ones. And it's hard to find a good one without actually going to them and listening. Yeah. But not all critique groups are good. Not all critique groups will give you uh, solid information. You don't want somebody who just sit there and everybody just say, oh, that's great. Oh, yes, I love what you write. You want people mm-hmm. to tell you what's wrong with what you write. Now, my day job is I'm a programmer by by mm-hmm. trade. So right. one of the things that programmers do, we do peer reviews. You write your code, you hand it over to the guy next to you, and he goes through it. And he looks for mistakes. He looks for errors. He looks for, you know, not so much mistakes that break your code, 
but things that mm-hmm. you could have wrote better. You know, if your right. quote takes five minutes to run and you could have written it a little differently and it would run in two minutes, well, that's a big difference, you know. Right. In computing time mm-hmm. and, in, and in processing time, that's a world of difference. Right. So, you know, somebody say, oh, well, you did this and you didn't have to, you had this loop running, you could have did it this way, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you want peer reviews. You want peers, people who are at the level you are, people who are above the level you are, and people who are behind you in where you are. Because you mm-hmm. give them information that you learned mm-hmm. on your way. And of course, yeah. people who have been, who have done this longer than you, or who have been a little bit more successful than you, could give you information on what they did and how they got to where they were. So mm. don't write in isolation. When you're writing, no. you are kind of like isolated because you're working on your own ideas. But get out of yeah. that idea that you're sitting in your own bubble and the rest of the world don't exist. The world exactly be part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Good advice. Well, can you share a method that you use to keep focused and organized? Oh, I'm not really all that organized. (laughs) (laughs) But what I try to do, what I used to do was because I have no concept of time. uh, Mm -hmm. I used to put on the TV like I would write late at night, right? When everybody went to bed, once my kids were in bed and everybody's, I would start writing like at 12, 1 o'clock. And I would put on the TV and I turned on the Cartoon Network because every show was just a half an hour long. So yeah. I would know when the show started and I wasn't really interested in most of those shows at that time. Yeah. I found myself getting interested in them and I was like, oh, this is bad. I can't sit here and watch Cartoon Network. <laughs> Some of them were pretty interesting. Some of the anime cartoons became very interesting. But the idea was I had a half hour time slots that I knew, yeah. okay, and I also had to know, I got to go to bed by three o'clock because I got to get up and go to work. So I need at least three, three hours sleep, four hours sleep. So I got to. That's, yeah. wow, that's it? Oh my God. Yeah, okay. I, I'm I'm an insomniac. I still don't sleep okay. too many hours a day. I can, I can mm. still go on like three, four hours of sleep. I try to get more now because, you know, yeah. it's, it, it is better to sleep more, but. I don't really sleep all that much. I still go to bed around two o'clock in the morning, regardless of what I'm doing. You know, wow. I'm, not, I'm not even writing. I'm still up to two o'clock in the morning. Mm, mm, okay. Wow. So, so how do you recommend lacing our author uh, books and platforms with moral messages? Because we write, we can, you, you know, we can write really dark things. How do we offer something? Well, I'm glad you should say that because in the beginning of every one of the killer series, there's a Bible track that tells okay. you some sort of message that ties into that story. So mm-hmm. in my dedication page, is usually dedicated to a person. I dedicated one to my father. One, to, The last one I dedicated to my mom. Okay. Uh, I dedicated one to Pat. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> but in each one of those, books, I also use uh, a Bible track because it spoke to the main theme of the story or one of the themes of the story. And I do that for most of most of my books. I put something in there, not always a Bible track, but um, 
something that will give you a message or a more because when you write like i said you know know yourself define yourself be able to define what you want your story to to tell people and part of what i write has to do with morality and with and this is i think for just about every writer we are reflecting mm-hmm. the times we're in yeah and so mm-hmm. you think about it 100 years from now 200 years from now when people read this will they understand the time i was living and okay. what was going on in this world because mm-hmm. it's completely different as time goes by mm-hmm. and, and so you want that message to be able to resonate to throughout you know time yeah that's good what well, is are there any other events that are coming up that you'd like to share with us or author news and then also let us know how we can stay in touch with you okay well i'm going to be in miami at the miami book fair um what day is that the 18th through the 20th so i i usually have a booth down there so mm-hmm. i'll be down there with a couple of my authors and uh so if you're in miami come to the miami book fair or if you're in Florida come to the Miami Book Fair or if you're anywhere in the world come to the Miami Book Fair. <laughs> Miami is nice the time of year. Yeah. <laughs> so, you want it, so if you have vacation or something you're thinking about where can I go on vacation? Come to Miami. It's hot. Yeah. It's nice yeah. in Miami. Uh, mm-hmm. so I'll be there uh like the 18th to the 20th of November. Uh I'm doing something with my publicist. She runs a 12 days of page turners on okay. her website which is abundantly social and she okay. all the authors and everything we will we'll be on there we'll talk about our book there will be specials on our book sales and things like that so look me up online you can come to Rock Hill Publishing uh Facebook page JL Hill page, Facebook page um go to my website uh rockhillpublishing.com and there'll be links there that will that will drive you to the 12 page of uh 12 days of page turners so it's mm-hmm. a, it's a play on the 12 days of christmas so oh first, i like that yeah. yeah so it's the first 12 days of december uh okay. there's also something called author talk which is run by amy which is one of my publicists and i'll be doing something on the Uh no. When is that? Oh, actually that this Thursday. Okay. So this Thursday at 11, I'll be on Author Talk doing an author short which cuz their, their author talks are usually like an hour, half hour something like that. But then we're doing short that, you know, to promote the 12 days of Okay. Of turners. So that's where And, you can find me mostly or or within the next couple of weeks. Okay, that's exciting to know. And the author talk, people can always catch the replay on that. Yes. Um, couldn't they? Okay. Yes. Okay, I think they were in the top 10 podcast now. So, oh. yeah. And you probably And give us the name there a couple of times. Yeah. Can you um give us the name of that podcast again? It's called Author's Talk. Author's Talk. Okay. That's a good one to know. Well, oh my goodness, James, I cannot believe how quickly our time has passed, but it's been a ton of fun to hang out with you. Do you, do you have any party words for our listeners? Well, it was 
good to be with you, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to that we, you know, stayed in touch after yeah. um, Nashville. I'll, yeah. I'll be glad to see you at Nashville again. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be looking forward to that. And uh, I did want to ask you, what are you a doctor in? Um, education and leadership, supervision and leadership. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you know, you're Dr. Catherine Hayes, and I, and I think that you know, after earning a doctorate degree, you should make sure that people know that and what and what yeah. you got your degree in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a that uh, other than staying married and having kids, that is the hardest. That was the hardest thing I have ever done. So. Well, I understand the part about staying married and having kids. <laughs> yeah. It's all it's all tough, but it's all worth it, right? So at the end of the day, uh, we're glad that we put in the hard work because it does pay off. Yes, it does. <laughs> well, I am excited that you hung out with us. Um, I can't wait for you to come back on. Um, James and I talked about uh, our video option. That's something that's in the works and I'm looking forward to having him back on so you guys can put the the uh, voice with the face. Yes. But I'm going to have yeah. you on I'm going to have you on my podcast when we restarted in like March when we come up for the for the spring uh podcast okay. season cuz I would love to have you on the podcast also and you can talk about you know your 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 work your writing because you have done some amazing things and yeah. You know. Yeah. That would be fun. I would yeah. love it. And and hey, listen now that it's out there on the airwaves, now it's, you know, it has to happen. Oh, yes. It, I, I have proof. <laughs> That's right. You always say, remember when? No, oh, here. Yeah, listen to this. <laughs> well, in the meantime, listeners, um, thank you again for hanging out with us. And don't forget to pierce through the darkness with the spoken and written word. Welcome to our podcast, Murder, Mystery, and Mayhem, Laced with Morality, where all authors and experts are invited to share, learn, and together make this a better world where light pierces through the darkness with the spoken and written word. I'm very excited about our guest today. She is a fellow writer, of course, um, Mm -hmm. but we've crossed paths in in many different ways, haven't we, Patricia? Yes. (laughs) We've crossed paths with word weavers and um blue ridge and and all of that and she's an artist like me um and she (laughs) you just yeah you're gonna learn so much about her but i want you to welcome my my sister patricia tiffany morris um she sketches ideas in her sleep and that's that's when she finds time to sleep um she's an eclectic creative with a geeky tech affinity and a poet with three names um, she's earned several awards in poetry, short fiction, children's um, uh, work and fiction, and including first for unpublished fiction at the Foundations Award at Blue Ridge. And you also placed in the finals for Crown Awards at ACFWVA in 2021. And this year you placed first for poetry with the National Federation of state poetry societies and third for okay i'm going to get this i'm going to work on this this (laughs) ekphrast or ekphrastic poems with iowa poetry association publishing credits include the ekphrastic or ekphrastic review lyrical 
Iowa guideposts and a series of journals, including a collaboration with seven other poets in her creative writing journal. And she adores Pinterest and hashtags, but finds Twitter quirky. Welcome, Patricia. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. She, you, you are very um, creative. In fact, I attended um, the Florida Christian Writers uh, uh, Writers Conference, and I was, was sitting next to someone. I'm like, I recognize that artwork because you have a very distinctive look to your art, oh, which is thanks. the sign of an incredible artist. And I said, let me see that book. And, and it was, <laughs> I was being nosy, of course. And, uh, and she, she showed it to me. She's very gracious. And it was one of your uh, books. It was for the, specifically for that conference. So you do incredible conference um, books where people can take all kinds of notes. It's exactly what uh, writers need. And I ended up buying one. Um, so thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for oh, um, very what you cool. Provide. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, so I'm happy that you're here with us today. And if you could just tell tell us tell our listeners what your current role in the publishing industry is, I would love that. I um, read that question, and um, that's quite uh, lovely and grandiose. Um, I suppose my role in the industry, even though it's fairly new. Um, it's probably as eclectic as I am. Um, yeah. I'm building that portfolio of art um, and writing experiences and that publishing venture. I've got um, about uh, 10 to 24 different uh, titles. Some of them are the same with different art on the front, mm -hmm. but they're creativity journals for writers or for creatives. And then I love to teach other people uh, when I learn something. It's just um, part of how God made me. I just love teaching them. So I've done some videos and some tutorials and one-on-one -on -one Zoom meetings with other authors, showing them how to set up, um, download templates for the interior, mm -hmm. for cover, and then setting up an Amazon account. Another, yeah. another role I love doing is I have this fascination with spreadsheets and I love sharing. Um, I've got an 18-page uh, scene story construction chart um, my yeah. website, um, a 10 page contest opportunity listings, just I just sort of gather stuff from other people and my searching and put it together and then character sketch spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. And so while I'm working on all these different genres, I'm gaining publishing credits in those different genres. Mm -hmm. um, but my favorite new role this year is uh, to be the president facilitator of two different Word Weaver International Critique Groups. What? Um, I, I am uh, president of page 15, which is a kidlit children's literature focused critique group. Okay. And I'm president of a poetry group, page 46. And then- Cause that's something <laughs> new, isn't it? The it is, is some, yeah. It is, wow. it is. I've been asking, since I joined uh, Word Weavers, that was one genre that I wanted to get some more critique. And so that's been really, really an honor. And, and just, I love it. Um, we're maxed out at seven members in my group, but I understand there's other groups that are, um, some have openings. Um, and then, okay, so a little overachiever. Um, I'm also a member of two other genre focus groups. So I'm in page wow. 29 and 17, uh, which is a general and another kidlet. 
You're um, running out of numbers. Wow. <laughs> I saw my name on the list. Yes. I'm a little, but I love, I love, I thrive on all that variety. Um, I see my role as an encourager and sometimes the teacher. Um, and I explore all these different apps and software and, and then just being able to spend time helping other authors with technology, I would get people saying you should charge for this. So at the urging of like the 20th person, I created a price list and um, used one of my favorite apps, the Affinity suite of apps to create a brochure. Um, Another role that I just, um, I'm just still um, in, in awe that um, people would trust me, but I was able to uh, do some cover art for a couple different places. And um, Alyssa Hope Wagner um, hired me to do um, a cover for one of her books. And then I volunteered for another. Um, and I have, I have a book cover design, I think um, that's going to come out this week. Um, I recently graduated from an eight week course called Leverage mm. Your Art. And okay. I have a book cover an imaginary book cover with a plot line for a new pride and prejudice um storyline that weaves technology uh through through the book it's it's not written of course but it was a fun project and so they're featuring that on their on their um social media all over the place so that's gonna be fun oh wow okay and i remember you being so gracious to me because you spent quite a bit of time uh, showing me different things on I think we met on zoom and you yeah sharing your screen yeah um showed me how to um oh gosh you showed we me made some QR things. codes too you made yes <laughs> a cu- and it's so cute uh-huh. I, and pe- people are like wow you're so you're so high tech how did you how did you do that because <laughs> it's not a re- it was not a regular QR code it had it was, it had a lot of flavor to it because it had my logo in it. It, and your it colors. had my colors. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, very generous and, and a great teacher. Um, Thank and you. so knowledgeable. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to have to get with your list. I have to see your list of services because I probably need them all. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what projects are you currently working on? Because you mentioned, you mentioned two, the one that you said, um, yeah. After that course, leverage your art, and then that was one of the covers, and then another one for uh, Melissa Hope Wagner. Alyssa Hope Wagner. Yep, mm-hmm. I, I'm, that one's finished, um, mm-hmm. and just got a couple awards for um, book cover design. So that was super exciting to get to. Wow. Um, okay. So one of the works I'm I'm actually done with the work, and the book is going to be launched next week. Mm-hmm. is author Sherry Dargan uh, has a split time fiction. It's mm. a series similar, you know, like what I'm planning to do with my uh, mystery fiction suspense series. Yeah. But she asked me if I'd create a map of her mm. fictional town. And mm. even the collaboration and the, the chatting about it and looking through her ideas and what's in her book, um, my background in architecture was like, oh, a map, yay! <laughs> so, so I yeah. created that, and then we made a family tree, uh, genealogy tree of her characters, and that'll be added to for each book, you know, depending on the new characters in the new series. So that was very fun. Um, she, uh, I think, the ninth and tenth of this month, she's releasing, and it's called The Gift. Um, and then yeah. I 
put that map on a fabric design, I opened up a Spoonflower shop. Uh, Spoonflower is a fabric company, and I have about 100 plus designs that I've uploaded that can be printed. Um, and it's my artwork and different patterns and that map and some of my illustrations that I've put. So you can buy a fabric panel and create a project for your home with some of the artwork that I've done. And we put her map on, um, a, a, a uploaded her up that map and mm -hmm. she can make tea towels or pillows or whatever with her author oh, fictional so map for her character. That's incredible. So will, will that map be in her book too? Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And she, she can make that part of her swag by, by doing tea towels and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, whatever yeah. I put out there, um, if she decides she wants cards, she just tells me and I put it in a program and then she can order them from that. So See, it's pretty cool. Amazing. This is amazing for, for authors, you know, because we're always trying to think of ways yeah. that we can market our, yeah, our, our, this is so good. So tell me about, because you just said a whole bunch of things that were like a, a different language to me. <laughs> um, about this flower tell, what was that about okay that. spoon flower all one word is um, a sales platform for fabric and okay. it's um, you know like quilters will take and buy fabric well there's designers of those patterns and prints mm -hmm. that submit their designs um, and there's lots of fabric companies and scrapbooking companies and all that will license or buy your artwork so they can have it printed on paper or fabric and they're what? called surface pattern designers yeah oh. it's very very cool okay and so you so, you are a surface pattern designer then so so i jumped into that title just but because of the class and that okay. was something i had never considered before that was one of my um action mm. steps or whatever for that class mm. And then I'm working on a greeting cards and journal cover, just the, the outside uh, artwork on products mm. that's going to go live probably too late for Christmas, but we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm. But that's like a uh, print on demand with Printful. And um, okay. so that'll be, that's my project this week is to see if I can get that set up. Okay. Well, there's always Valentine's day. Yes. I, and mm -hmm. I've, pulled together um, some of the Valentine's hearts things that I think that's going to be more and then I'll get ready for a little bit ahead of the game hopefully for next year mm -hmm. um, wow. another project I'm working on is for a non-fiction title it's an author that wrote um, a, t a book that mm -hmm. I'm not sure when her launch is okay uh, and I don't know whether she wants me to to say her name right now if she's she's still in the um, production phase but uh, she hired me to do 10 or 11 interior illustrations for each wow. of the chapters and then the cover art so I'm finalizing the last uh, there's one illustration that um, is just a little bit uh, more challenging for me um, and so we're we're spending time on zoom back and forth um, chatting about what each of them are and that's been an amazing experience I love that so is that a freehand is it freehand or, or do you use it is it a graphic graphically designed image it's it's freehand in the sense that it's me drawing it but i'm using um, procreate app in my ipad pro so it's a digital art 
Okay. Um, so I can put things in layers, which just mm-hmm. means if you can imagine a piece of paper with another paper on top, like tracing paper and another mm-hmm. paper on top, that's like uh, see-through, you've got all these layers of elements and you can mm-hmm. move them around. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not, uh, it's, it's non-destructive. So if she says, Ooh, I don't like that. Can you change the color or let's get rid of that element? It's just get rid of a layer rather than starting the project over. Okay. So it's extremely fun to, to work mm-hmm. with the digital art. Cause you jumped right into that. Cause I remember, I mean, I missed it. Cause I was like, mm, maybe I should have bought some because <laughs> I, I actually teach, I teach art, but it's not digital. It's, you know, oils and pastels and acrylics, is, which is mostly yeah. what is so practical. And you were, you were, you were selling so, so much of your, your art material because you were going full fledged into this. Yeah yeah so wow and look how it's paid off so yeah so this is the first year I've actually made a profit um after four years um so it's it's pretty exciting yeah okay I figured I needed to fund my writing habit (laughs) so I could (laughs) go to conferences and I wasn't going to do that with writing right away but art seems it seemed anyway that's good Uh, Oh, I love it. So you want to hear five other projects? (laughs) Yeah, give them to us. Okay, so I'm collecting, uh, I've written quite a few poems um, for uh, the National Federation of State Poetry Societies. They allow you, if you're a member of any state poetry organization, if you write poetry or want to write poetry, you join your state group for very little money. My state is $8 a year. And then I'm eligible for $10 to enter up to 50 poems. So I'm collecting and finalizing and getting my poems ready. I have till February and then I can enter that many for $10. It's amazing. Okay. Um, NaNoWriMo, anybody who writes probably has heard of this is national novel writing month. Yeah. um, Affectionately known as NaNoWriMo or NaNo. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I made another spreadsheet word tracker. And my goal is to write the end for that first novel in the four part series. Lord willing, I'll get that first one done. Um, And I've had a a couple of requests for proposals for a very long time. So I really need to get that done. Um, And then I'm waiting on results for a couple contests. um, And I plan to do for the um, theme of forgiveness in the, like the overarching theme for the whole series, I'm reading a Psalm a day for the next couple months and then doing a little sketch. And I've always mm-hmm. wanted to create a coloring book from Psalms. So I thought Aww. maybe I could combine it with the themes of the fiction book as well as doing the Psalms. Um, so wow. that's another, but um, <laughs> yeah, I probably overextend myself and, and, you know, writing bullet journals I do the traditional bullet journal right now until I figure out the digital version of it you just put up arrow and move it to the next month or the next week (laughs) (laughs) I got a lot of arrows in my bullet journal but Uh, oh wow so so let me ask you um do you remember the book it you had won something you had won at a Blue Ridge for this it was um is it Potemkin Mass how do, how do you say that? Yes, that is correct. That is correct. Okay. okay. So are you, are you going to make that a full-fledged book? That is, um, yes. I wrote okay. an article or kind of an article essay kind of thing 
with that theme and that was Mm -hmm. published. I wrote a poem uh, and that was third last year for, or honorable mention or something uh, Mm -hmm. last year for a contest. And then, and then I have um, three other titles um, for that series, but that's Mm -hmm. the book I hope to finish this, this, um, this month. Okay. I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So just can you discuss your journey as a writer, networker, and industry professional in a nutshell? Just describe how you manage some of your obligations in the publishing industry. And and you've already yeah. given us quite a bit, but but if you've left anything out, just share it with us. So I looked at that and I thought it was probably a maybe a two-part question. So the mm-hmm. first one about my journey. I uh, drew from poetry early in high school and had a really excellent creative writing teacher that encouraged me, um, my art affinity throughout college. Um, I started out in engineering because I have a strong math uh, science background, mm-hmm. but um, architecture blended the art and the science real nicely. So I have two degrees in architecture. Um, mm-hmm. I came three credits short of a minor in dance and choreography. Wow. And I, I was part of theater groups and the dance team or whatever at Iowa State University did um, choreography and, and some of the barche is what it was called through um, mm. Iowa State. And then I've written plays for church, um, theater set design, all that kind of stuff. So all of those type of things um, helped through. Um, and in the middle of that, um, after I had a job for a few years in the architectural field, um, I married and had a um, biological daughter, raised her, um, home, home educated her, and then we adopted four other children from Haiti. Wow. So wow. after that long break and when my husband retired, then that in 2019 when I started, or 2018, um, mm-hmm. and I had a super um, encouraging girlfriend who mm-hmm. said, this is, this is very good. I'd like you to, you should pursue this. And so I did. And mm. I'm not sure what I was going to do after the kids um, left the home. Yeah. Um, my husband's retired and he's doing a lot of the cooking and taking care of the house. So I had all that great time. So that, that was how I dove into the writing wow. field. Um, I took my first conference was Asheville Christian Writers. And I started meeting um, Bob Hostetler and mm-hmm. Andrea Merrill were two of my first uh, critiques of yeah. something I brought and mm-hmm. that was the start of that novel and then just continued to meet people through Blue Ridge was the next one in May yeah. and my husband joined me which was very cool uh-huh. um, and he also writes poetry so I've seen my journey with him now we're looking at each other's poetry and and it's been really fun in in this life stage. Wow! Um, so managing obligations in the publishing industry, I've always had these multiple disciplines, and um, I believe that when God took hold of my life in college and I came to understand His mercy and grace, that mm-hmm. my pursuits took on a different dimension instead of trying to just. Uh, immerse myself into the arts or whatever I was working on Mm -hmm. that I would then say, how could I please him with this? What purpose would this be? And I think that's what helped me when I became a full-time mom instead of um, 
in the field. And I would still get people um, that would say, why did you give that all, you know, why did you give that all up, that kind of right. stuff. Right. And I still struggle with doubts and lack of confidence, but managing a lot of different obligations seems to give me a little more creative space to plan, to pray, to move in different directions as the Lord leads and not get stuck in one. Um, I, if, if I'm not feeling the inspiration or, or have any idea what I'm writing in one project, I just switch to a new project yeah. and, and, um, so I've got the freedom to manage my schedule. And as a business, I can fill the calendar with different projects and set my own deadlines, um, especially mm-hmm. with my husband supporting. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty cool. And I love working in the nighttime, but at my age, I'm, I'm needing to set a little more regular hours. So if anyone's yeah. listening, if you think of me, pray for me that I can sort of get that managed because I've always worked best in the middle of the night when it's really quiet and can't have always been able to deal with very, very little sleep, but there's too much research on, um, dementia and some other things for not sleeping regular times yeah, and such. So, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, some of the, some creative types, they just, some, some of them have strange hours. I, I, yeah. I was interviewing yeah, a, he's a v- really successful author and runs a publishing company and he just does a lot of things and 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 um he he tells he told me he gets by on like three hours of sleep that he's his mind is so busy that he yeah. you know he can't wait to get to the next thing but you're right in in so in, in taking care of yourself and you know who talks a lot about that is Edie Nelson she yeah she she does a good job of of, you know, letting authors know that they really have to take care of themselves. She talks about it as soul care. So it is, we have to manage how we sleep, what we eat, exercise and all that good stuff and definitely take care of ourselves spiritually. Like yeah, you mentioned absolutely. earlier. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what advice can you share with our author community regarding marketing and building platforms? So one of the, one of the things that I think Edie is one that talks a lot about this as well. Um, and I, I hear different people talking about this and everybody has their own um, sort of way or the thought of, Ooh, I have a book coming out now I need to market and, you know, do all that. Well, I think the best advice is finding a community and making friends with different people in the writing business. And even yeah. it, with your church, whatever, and just keeping those friendships and those communications open because I'm mm-hmm. certain that, um, other guests are like way more qualified than me on the marketing, but ideas are endless and mm-hmm. brainstorming lists and different ways that are unique to your book's theme, like the fictional map, you know, that that was, you know, her story and she's created this world. And so why not create a visual for that, right. that alone now she can share that rather than just, here's my book. Mm. Um, and mm-hmm. I want to just, uh, Okay, so a virtual trip to your book's location. So I'm thinking right even now, what else can you do? Just what other things that would relate to your book that would be interesting? I know a lot of people share, oh, like famous actors that they want to play their characters and things like that. But Mm -hmm. there's copyright issues. So this is the coolest website. It's called Uh boardhumans.com. And it is 
it's got so many different um, programs and it's AI or artificial intelligence that, Mm -hmm. that can create um, songs and song lyrics. You just put different things. You can have it create a face for your character um, that there's no person, there's no real person, but there's an artificial intelligence face and you can just go through and keep and generate him until you find, Oh, that, that could be my character. And then, um, it turns words into art, you know, like, so you put a little poem or whatever, and it makes what it thinks represents that like the reverse of ecrastic, um, oh. art Wait, is, can you tell me that's bored? Is it bored as in bored as in B O R E D? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Boredhumans.com. Okay. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to, fu- I can't wait to look this thing up. So every author, you know, if you want to have build your platform and market, you know, create, you know, something that's unusual like that. And they have create a town, create, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff there. I don't know, about 30 different uh, software um, applications uh, for different creative whatever. And just using that as an inspiration for your character. It's a face no one has ever seen before. And um boardhumans.com i just thought that was really good and something like that that's unusual that you can give a visual when yeah. you share on social media would help i think would help build your platform and market your work as a little bit unique mm-hmm. from just the typical here's my book yeah so okay. anyway that is that is good because yeah, many of us are like that. We 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 see it so plainly. Like I, well, I'm an artist, so I actually yeah. drew my main character. So I'm like, no one can sue me over that one. That's <laughs> so cool. <laughs> and, yeah. But then I I created a whole board of each character, and I cut out pictures of magazines. And of course, I you know I'm yeah. cheesy because some of them are definitely stars and all of that. Um, I couldn't use it ever use it to promote my book, but this program could definitely yeah. help us to market. Yeah. Oh, well, I, that. I, I do too. And just the whole idea of there's, there's, um, I want to say a theme that you're weaving through whatever um, work you're doing, whether it's nonfiction or fiction, Mm-hmm. And taking that theme and turning it into something that connects with people yeah. on a different level than just the words um, mm-hmm. has got to be some sort of boost. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty wow. cool. Yeah, I can't wait to check that out. So people, it's boredhumans.com. <laughs> B-O-R-E-D, humans. Or hire me. Hire me to brainstorm with you. <laughs> that's shameless that's the part of building and marketing that I really hate and I can joke right now but but that's the part that I I find very very difficult is here and I've always done that at craft shows when I did wholesale gift mart um, where Mm -hmm. I brought my catalog and my products people would say oh I love this I want to yep I would buy this I had Hallmark stores buy in I had the best pro shop that purchased but if if it was dependent on me to go out there and talk about my stuff, my, yeah, my sister goes yeah. to shows and tells people about me. I just said, 
Yeah. I that is so crazy because that's such imposter syndrome because you are such a talented, accomplished person. I but mean, you know, it's not that I don't think my work is valuable. Yeah. It's not that I don't think what I make is interesting or I, or I wouldn't be making it. But yeah. it's it's like when I go shopping, I have the mindset I do not want a sales clerk coming up to me and asking if I want help. I will go ask them if I need help. And oh. it's that constant, you know, like I, I feel like people are intelligent. They can decide whether they want to buy it or not just by its yeah. base value. And so for oh, me to come of, yeah. up and try to sell it just feels yeah. like I'm bothering them. Yeah. And it's not well, really like imposter. Like, I don't feel like I'm good enough. I feel like I want to respect people to make their own decisions. And if yeah. they want to buy my book, they're going to, you know, they can choose. And yeah. that probably is the wrong way to, to market. <laughs> but, but yeah, go to yeah. boardhumans.com and find some, <laughs> some visuals if you're not creative already or see yourself. And it's a part of, it's a part of a writer because you're not built to do everything right um there yeah so this so the you you know there are people who can help you do do those kinds of things we're not built to do everything mm-hmm. so um you know you can have people like me um cheerlead you and tell people to buy your stuff yes <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly. and, then, and you won't feel bad but and but also talking- to add Oh, sorry. Also no. to add to that is you have to spend money uh-huh. to, to make money. And it's really hard to jump. That's mm-hmm. probably why I went into the art area to see if I could sell that to help me with this. So I didn't have to uh, yeah. spend a lot of money, but I finally just spent a huge amount of money on that leverage your art course. And I will, I just don't regret it at all. It's, oh. It was probably one of the best investments. I've probably got enough project idea inspiration tools to learn for years um, okay. and um, mm. yeah just whatever like like you said hiring you for the marketing and to share with people and however um, social media um, building creating templates in canva all that stuff you know you can find people that that do that mm-hmm. So, so what about encouragement? Because just like we talk about the marketing, now that's an area where we can get discouraged, discouraged, you know, I, because I joke about being able to, I joke about being able to um, hype you up, but then it might be di- more difficult yeah. for me to talk about myself. So can you offer encouragement about common author struggles, such as rejection, isolation, and marketing? Yeah, um, like tongue in cheek, keep your tissue box handy <laughs> and um, turn off the camera <laughs> um, and start a file of rejections like a scrapbook. You know, this yeah. is your badge of, you know, look at how many places you submitted to right. and always looking at those kind of things for rejection. Really, really helpful. Um, isolation. Um, I think it's just really valuable. I started a new relationship with a another writer and we're meeting and critiquing each other's work. And that helps with the isolation sort of factor. You're getting out of your writing and Mm -hmm. into somebody else's and they're looking at yours. So when you talk uh, about starting a new project, you know, find a friend or, or even just look on social media. And if you find somebody that's 
all upbeat and encouraging and you like the way they comment on other people's posts Mm -hmm. um just approach them and see if they wouldn't mind just meeting in zoom for a cup of coffee or something Mm -hmm. um just having those friendships is so important um Mm -hmm. messaging somebody and saying hey i haven't talked to you in a long time do you want to do you want to meet in zoom and and Mm -hmm. we've got a lot of people local most often but you know connecting with people outside of our general geographical area Mm -hmm. and even even though uh, COVID sort of sent the world into Zoom, um, mm-hmm. for me, it opened up more opportunities than I could ever, ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helped me healthier not being around people that were sneezing and not yeah. washing their hands. Or yeah. <laughs> so um, with my immune system that is low to begin with, but yeah. overacts, when I get um, cold or whatever, mm-hmm. it's a really delicate balance. I kind of have hidden out a little bit. Yeah. So finding some connections, even through Zoom, has been super um, beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Another thing, you know, you've got um, the ability with uh, platforms like Slack, S-L-A-C-K, to develop and Discord and some other places. Mm to develop your little um, like support groups um, outside of Facebook Mm -hmm. doing some things like that would be really, really helpful. And I think for um, the word weaver um, poetry group, we're kind of gravitating toward um, meeting or connecting for other things. And, and uh, those are some platforms. So Slack and, um, discord was um, more of a gamer platform but there okay. are some writers going on there i find that a little more cumbersome um, mm-hmm. slack is a little easier once you get in there you see that hashtags are really little rooms like facebook mm. rooms but okay. but you get message notifications just like you do with messenger um, yeah. and there's probably a dozen other um, places i've uh, experimented with but um, Slack, let's see what, Slack and Discord. Okay. Mm. And I think like Serious Writer uses Discord. Maybe they do still. Okay. Um, I have uh, lost my password. I've got to go and find, <laughs> reset it to get back uh-huh. in there. But um, I use Slack with a couple other groups. Um, and it's like, it's like little rooms and little mm. communities. And that's pretty awesome. Mm. Okay. So what so, if- Oh yeah. So, I'm sorry. so I was going to the the bit of the challenge in marketing. Um, we talked a little bit about that. Um, I think we should all get together and design a new platform instead of Amazon, and see about getting creative with um, how we can help each other. And I know there are these sort of small groups with genres, so something like that would be really interesting to see if they're outside of Facebook, because there are a lot of Facebook groups, but don't you just spin in circles when you're trying to go find your groups? Yeah. You, you know but, what that is? Mm. I don't know. Facebook, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Facebook is doing this really strange. I'll be commenting as my profile, my Facebook mm. profile. Mm. And all of a sudden I'm in my page, my author mm. page. And mm. I think, wait, I didn't go there. Well, they move you there if you, 
I again, I don't really know why, but you get moved around um, and then you have to spin back and take three clicks to get back to your profile. So oh. groups um, that you're in, I'm in like a hundred different groups and they can't possibly send you a message, a notification for every single group. So mm-hmm. I miss, I miss a lot of things. So I need to get out of some of those groups and just be in the ones that I want to get a message or so, okay. but mm. anyway, so mm. that for marketing, using some of the groups to help market, every group has a, not every group, many, many groups have a day of the week where they mm-hmm. have one post where you can share your challenges, your promotions, your mm, projects. Mm-hmm. And if you make a list of like, say Tuesday, this group does their marketing um, or sharing post Friday afternoon, this group does. And if you mm-hmm. can go to those groups, instead of depending on Facebook to tell you that you got messages and know when each group. So every day of the week, one group or another that I'm in has a sharing post. And if mm-hmm. I just purpose to go to that Facebook group, that's a really good marketing tool mm-hmm. to get people mm-hmm. to sign up for your newsletter if they've never seen you. But mm-hmm. the key is you've also got to be there and be present and comment on other posts. Mm-hmm. You just go in just for the sharing post. It's kind of like, where where's your network of friends and yeah. And all kind of thing. But that's another way to beat the isolation challenges and, and the marketing opportunities are there. You just mm. have to have a calendar where you remember Friday as this group. Okay. Tuesday as this group. Yeah. So, the, so what, what would be one method to help all of that keep focused and organized when you're dealing with all those projects? I like to, I really, really like to make spreadsheets or um, charts. And okay. for me, that helps a lot. And I, I use my bullet journal tremendously. I work better with visual reminders. So sometimes okay. I'll put a calendar up on the wall. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, um, let's say I have a bullet journal that, you know, if I could open it to the page for the day. But if mm-hmm. I take the time before a project or task, refer to my bullet journal, do either a brainstorming or a brain dump, and they're mm-hmm. a little different. Um, and then organize things that are floating around in my brain um, and create headlines when I think, oh, here my website, I need to do this, this, and this. Instead of letting it just go in and out of my memory, I will take that and, and drop it in as a category of something I need to work on. And it okay. doesn't matter when, it doesn't matter which day, but um, if it's there and I'm thinking about it, it's probably going to go spinning around in there a few more times while I'm supposed to be focused on writing or artwork or whatever. So I'll write it down in my bullet journal and then I can go back to it when I, when I go back to my calendar, my planner, and I can look, Oh yeah. Yeah. Those three things need to be done on my website. And then I can schedule them later. Mm-hmm. Um, that mm-hmm. helps me stay focused and, and kind of organize different projects as they come up. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is have a whole nother column of, ideas that come into your head that you know it's not really a project it's not really a task but it's an idea wouldn't it be neat if I could put scripture along the kitchen wall and this is the scripture I'm thinking of that would be so cool but I can't stop and do it right then but it's an idea 
that might help um, focus my mind on spiritual things every time mm-hmm. I walk through the kitchen, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then those inspirational ideas or whatever. Um, and then anything that doesn't have to do with your current project. Um, mm-hmm. I used to keep a notebook by my bed and I'd write down all the things rattling in my brain. Otherwise, sometimes I couldn't get sleep. Right. Um, and the same goes for productivity. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't have time to do a bullet journal. I don't have time to keep track of all those ideas. I beg to differ. I think we keep track of those random ideas and get those worries out of our mind onto paper or computer helps clean out the clutter and helps us focus on the project at hand. Mm. So, so then those things that randomly pop in your head or whatever, when you're trying to focus on a project, you can just delegate them to another place and then you're not worried about, I might forget them. They're, Mm. they're there. Mm-hmm. And so that helps me focus and, and stay a little more organized. Mm, so cur- curiously, I'm writing split time fiction in many ways. I think that mirrors the way we split our time between whatever pursuits like writing or drawing or illustrating. We're, mm-hmm. we're learning to take two or more tracks of either time or um, projects in the home or writing projects and we're learning to sort of manage them on a some bigger calendar and hmm. um, yeah I like bullet journaling okay wow well now that we're winding down and coming to the end of our time I do like to close out with this question and ask authors why do you recommend lacing books and platforms with more moral messages Mm, I love this question too. I think of this as a problem to solve throughout all of our work, whether it's novel or poetry or children's story, not that every work needs to have a spiritual message, but at the same time, what are we hoping to share with our readers? Um, What are clever ways we can weave themes through different motifs different objects placed as clues like in our mystery or different ways we can teach moral lessons like the fables um, in, in the bigger picture. And so using elements of rain and storm for difficult times are kind of the cliche. Um, mm-hmm. But talking about how our choices or our characters' choices help them rise above their different circumstances because we have those same choices. We have similar circumstances. And if we can help our characters choose what's right and noble and good. And like in Philippians, there are so many scripture verses that talk about character traits to emulate, but they all point to Christ. And the whole idea of having a character struggle with making a right choice or choosing to have the bad character, the evil character choose badly and go against words of truth, you want to let them suffer consequences. But above all, making sure readers know that morality without Jesus is like wading through this flood, not knowing if waters will rise or fall, and Mm -hmm. having that compass come from the word of God Mm -hmm. itself, that's the greatest anchor we can give readers, not just morality. Um, Have you ever seen the movie Time Changer? I don't remember. Time Changer is a classic from the, I think it's the 80s. 
-hmm. and great characters. I mean, you recognize some of the actors, um, but it's the idea of you shouldn't steal. And this little kid at the beginning of the movie says, why? And it caught the character off guard. Well, because Jesus says don't steal. Who's Jesus? And the, the, he goes back in time to see, I love time, <laughs> I love time travel movies too. He goes back in time to see where, when the idea of morality was separated from Christ and mm. when it just became why, you know, what, who said, who said it's wrong to mm. steal? They don't even know the scriptures. They don't know why it's wrong. So why be moral? And that's mm -hmm. the biggest challenge I think we have as writers is to make sure that we're pointing the morality, the messages mm -hmm. of um, good character and, um, and all pointing it back to Jesus. Mm. Good answer. Well, are, are there any author news or events you'd like to update our listeners about? And also, how can our writing community stay in touch? Um, okay, so the best place to follow me or um, find me is probably at my website, and it's it's my name, patriciatiffanymorris.com right now. I'm creating um, a separate uh, platform for the art and one for the writing. So I've got a WordPress site I'm working on. But for right now, patriciatiffanymorris.com, and then you'll get notifications about um, two or three things. One is the Slack app workspace. If that's interesting to you, I'm going to announce that next year. Mm -hmm. Um on Facebook, uh, I think we already talked about that. Um, I love meeting with other authors on various platforms, but Instagram lately has gone really weird. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm not getting the connections or the comments as, like I used to, um, mm -hmm. but I'm there. And it's Patricia mm -hmm. Tiffany Morris for the art and Patricia Tiffany Morris writer for the mm -hmm. writing account. So I have two well, actually, okay. I have three accounts on Instagram. And then I recently lost access to Pinterest. I had like 1 million monthly views um, for almost a year and a half. And I must have violated one of their rules of posting with, with my new um, Spoonflower account. So they blocked me and I've been working with them for three weeks. So if you ever find my account still there. So whenever I get back in, I love that platform. Yeah, um, you're and a rock star I, on that platform. <laughs> I, you know, Pinterest, if you are not on Pinterest as an author and you think, oh, well, I don't collect pictures of quilting or whatever, you, you're kind of missing the point. It's a search engine. It's mm -hmm. like Google, but it's a visual search engine. And what you do is you post the photo of your blog post on Pinterest and, and create several different photo images memes whatever to get people to come to your blog to get people okay. to come to your store or your interview or your article or your podcast and when people start sharing your link you're going to get more people coming to your outside links because it's a okay. search engine it's not really a social media platform at all um, so pinterest would be the one platform i would suggest setting it up um, creating about 30, 40 pins per board. And they've done away with hashtags on Pinterest now. So you don't have to mess with that. But um, mm -hmm. it is really 
anyway, so my, my website, patriciatiffanymorris.com, and you can sign up there. And I've got a lot of those free, the, those resources I mentioned, the spreadsheets are there for subscribers in the, in a password protected library. Wow. Well, hopefully you get back into Pinterest and yes. then we can connect with you on there. Cause she, when I say she's a rock star, when, you know, she really is. And so I'm sure that they will, they will reestablish that. But it has been a pleasure to hang out with, with you, Patricia. You've Thank taught you. us so much. Um, you taught us a whole lot about the different platforms we can access to help us market ourselves and to connect with other writers. And so we are grateful that you came to hang out with us. We hope that this Thank is you. not a one-time thing, that you'll be back. You know, Thank do you. Have any, do you have any parting words for our listeners? Um, don't be afraid to write or comment or message an author that you're, that you like their work. A lot of the, the authors I have heard that, you know, when they, their books get out there and their name becomes a little more famous, maybe that's a little bit of hesitancy on our part to think, you know, they're so willing, most of them to offer advice or to connect or to um, engage with other authors and, and readers. So don't be afraid to, to reach out and just comment, whether it's in Messenger or um, just comment on their posts as you see them. Yeah. And uh, also, listeners, let's not forget to pierce through the darkness with the spoken and mm. written word. Amen. <laughs>